tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For sermon recordings, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of worship and communication and nothing else. <laughs> Jim Wilson. Pastor of Execution, and some other stuff. I thought you were going to say smothering. Sorry, smothering. go ahead. <laughs> go execution ahead. by smother. <laughs> I'm Dave McMurray, Preaching Pastor. <laughs> well, this week we were at uh, 50% staff, so only Jim Ooh. and Dave were here at church this week. So, And I've got to say I really enjoyed the sermon. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> you enjoyed Jim's last week, or you talking about yours this week? Uh, I'm so glad you really enjoyed your sermon. Uh, I did check minutes. You want your minute count, or you already know it? I think I was at 45. What did you have? Uh, I think first service is 45, second service is 48-ish. Okay. That's what it looked like. Now, um, do you count my introduction that's not about the sermon? Yeah, if you get up okay. and start talking, your time's oh. ticking. See, that's not really fair, because Harsh. we have this whole business update thing I'm supposed to do before the sermon a lot of times. Yeah, but what did you do this time? I didn't hear one. It helps us to yeah. organize for more grace or something. Yeah, yeah. organize uh-huh. for more grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good well, true. I'm going to get us started <laughs> since we're really bad at getting started. Okay. If you didn't notice, dun 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 yes. Is that the one? Jim, Jim's here with us. Yay. And we're, we actually, I'm surprised. I had rearranged my office back to three-person setup. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Jim, are you going to join us today? He said, I was thinking about it. It's like, Whoa. wait, really? Yeah. It's like, yeah, really? I said, all right, come on in. And just to clarify, we always love for Jim to join us, but Jim's not always super excited about it. So, Well, I think once he got a taste of it, now mm, he's on board. Hooked. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I want to come listen to what you have to say. <laughs> That's oh. Listening's good, too. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> this was our... Sorry, I'm... I'm sounding great today, too, so that's great. Well, this was uh, our final week of Church is Not What You Think series. So how long was Church is Not What You Think series? Seven weeks? It was, I think, seven. Seven or eight, yeah. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. That's what I said at the beginning. It's going to be seven or eight weeks, and then I forgot to count again. Okay. It was still seven or eight weeks. And then, so, <laughs> so this is the last week of Church is Not What You Think? Yeah. Next week is a series on prayer you're mm-hmm, starting, mm-hmm. and that's because Lent start next week, or Lent starts soon? Uh, yeah, Lent, uh, if you want to follow the Roman calendar. <laughs> We're really good at following calendars here. Yes, mm-hmm. starts on Wednesday after next week's sermon. Okay, cool. Man, it's so soon. It was just yeah. Christmas. Um, For the record, we are not uh, under compulsion to follow that calendar. We're just trying to take advantage of a traditional time of year. Unless it has chocolates. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Good. Wait, no, Advent has chocolates. (laughs) Lent doesn't have chocolates. Oh, no, but it should. And if it did, we would be under compulsion to follow it. Then we would be, yeah. (laughs) He was saying, if there was chocolate, we'd be compelled. Well, well, Lent, you give up chocolate probably. We feel a lot more compulsion to follow Christmas because of presents and feasting, but Lent, eh, I don't know. Presents and feasting. Well... I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> prayer guys, is the next series. Oh, yeah. Prayer mm-hmm. is the next series, and that will be then, um, We're gonna I do guess that would be six, five weeks? Six weeks. I'm trying to do Six math. or seven weeks. <laughs> five, six, or seven. Um, yeah. I don't have the most exacting mind 
I think in generalities. Oh, um, I know what I was going to say. Yeah. I was using my Book of Common Prayer more mm-hmm. this week mm. um, for things that I was doing. Oh, yeah. And I realized in there, there's a calculation for how to figure out when um, all of the things, when Easter is yeah. and yep. Advent starts. So that was all things we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, well, well, I was I was gone. I was traveling, I guess, Thursday through yesterday. And I'm pretty sure in the airport, I didn't get the coronavirus, but I got something. So mm. the uh, next best thing. The next best thing. I hope not. <laughs> I hope I got the the least best thing. Yes. But so this week is the final week of Church is Not What We Think, a series about uh, relooking at what people think churches and what we might think churches, and uh, reorienting ourselves or maybe reforming ourselves towards what Scripture says mm. uh, it is. And so we use Titus for that. Mm-hmm. Titus chapter three this week looking at verse 18 through verse 15, um, and you called it the grace-driven church. Yep, yep, 8 through 15, but I had to look back at 3 through 7 to kind of take it back. you didn't trust Jim to have done it well? Yeah, no, it's just contextual. It's kind of <laughs> like it, everything he talks about in 8 through 15 refers to the previous stuff. So. Mm, okay. Jim did a great job. Good. It was such a good, I would say, actually, in all seriousness, it's such a good, crucial part of Titus you kind of have to keep coming back to it. I made reference to it earlier in Titus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like the central explosion of of gospel goodness right there. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so you have to keep coming back to it throughout the whole book, throughout mm-hmm. the whole gospel church message. I mm-hmm. guess. Okay, I did listen to your sermon, even though I wasn't here. Um, but I probably won't feel as engaged as mm-hmm. as if I was here. On did you do Thursday? Or are we still in Memphis on Thursday? I was in Memphis Thursday. When did you come back? Saturday night, we rolled in. I got in late Saturday night, went to bed. You're like, we're going to stay here as long as possible just yeah, in we case. Were, yeah, we were trying to stretch it out. So <laughs> we uh, thought the baby was coming. Uh, and that would have been, if the baby came when we thought, it would have been about a week past due date. And then things stopped. And uh, so then we came home. And now we're kind of on ready, ready, you know, ready to go back. So. Redcon 1. Mm-hmm. He Should said, we like record cool. a message for the baby so when the, when she's mm. eighteen she can come back to these podcasts yeah, as an archive? Dear Davida, we have been <laughs> thinking Davida. about you. <laughs> yes, we yes. have been praying for you. Your grandfather. She is might be so confused excited. by that. Cause she may not know years from now that her secret name was Davida. Uh, she will know. That happens in, in home movies all the time. Like, uh, yeah. hey, Jennifer. <laughs> like, my, my name's Crystal. Wait, who's that? <laughs> well, yes. the Grace Driven Church, anything you want to talk about for your main title or your introduction or, uh, I don't know, your 1984 Honda Accord? <laughs> mm, yeah, man. We, uh, My wife and I spoke for about two hours in the car on the drive home about what my introduction should be. So that was really interesting. Oh. We looked at a lot of other great pieces of literature. She's been reading Dante's Inferno, and there were some really kind of interesting dramatic scenes. But in the end, I decided it, they were too hard to retell and that I opted for a simple object lesson. So sometimes I, I go for a story, sometimes I go for an object lesson. But the idea is to, you know, like scripture often does, set up a truth with a kind of story framework so yeah that was interesting and so you said you know basically church shouldn't be this powerless place where we're pushing it and doing Mm -hmm. all the effort to make it happen 
Why? This is the hardest question right off the bat, maybe. But All right, let's bring it. Why does? Why does? Why do you think church feels unenchanted? And and yeah, like we do have to do that too often. I think it goes back to the garden. I think the human compulsion is to de-enchant the world, is to wreck it, and try to power it by our own flesh. I think that's what we all do. We all replay the sin of Adam and Eve. You know, we're all like, we get up in the morning and we're like, hmm. I could be God. Hmm. Let me make all this work. Hmm. And that's, I just think that's the re- recapitulation is the fancy word for it. We just replay it over and over again. We replay hmm. Adam and Eve's sin, choose to be God, take what doesn't belong to us, hmm. overstep our boundaries, think that we can bring life to ourselves, and we can't. So I, I think it's a constant reminder that we need. So, so par- partly even just interpreting away what we encounter as not got at work too and then yeah. we try to take over and <laughs> weird mixture of both yeah i mean so it's an interesting way to talk about it because you'll not pick on you chris Uh-oh. webster good do it but i'll notice you often talk about why do we feel this way or why does it seem or why does it appear and i would say when we feel wrongly that's actually sin like our that's our flesh tricking us even it's not i mean so anyway i'm sure that's a whole another rabbit trail we could go on but yeah interesting okay it's like maybe that's the first question though do you guys feel do you feel that temptation does the church feel enchanted we got to go visit a different church so Mm -hmm. i'm like doubly uh was that church enchanted? It was. I don't know if it was enchanted. Was it uh, disenchanted? Was it disenchanted? It was disenchanted. Was it unchanted? I guess it's it's interesting because maybe to define it a little bit. I guess we do. We we have the um, we have what the humans are doing so 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 much in our face and and so much of it. We're we're. We're mm-hmm. silly, right? Mm-hmm. We're silly mm-hmm. humans, and we're bumbling around, mm. and we're not perfect at everything. And mm-hmm. so, I think a lot of our definition of what is enchanted feel like is probably like TV production. Maybe I don't, you know, like where where have we encountered something that was like, whoa, that was glorious? It's like concerts and movies, and you know. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe a lot of it really is just like that can't be enchanted because that's just a normal person mm-hmm. bumbling through the announcements or something. I don't, I'm not sure. Does that make sense? Like, um, yeah, I think it's different for different people. Sure. I mean, sure. honestly, when yeah. we rearranged the chairs in the church auditorium and made them more feng shui and straight, uh-huh. there were some people that that was enchantment. That was glory. You know, <gasps> way being straight. Oh, that was. Mm. Um, when we first started, we had a wing formation. So every church in the auditorium was at an angle. So we had a right angle and a left, you know, like a V formation all the way back. And uh, when we straightened up the middle, ooh, people were like, oh, this is so good, straightness. You know, is... you know what would enchant me? If yeah. we just gave a little more space between <laughs> chairs. Space before chairs uh-huh. and chance people. And what's really Starting funny, on time and chance people. What's really funny about <laughs> mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. for some reason during your sermon, I was literally just thinking, we need to face the chairs toward each other so that we're... Mm-hmm. Oh, you were talking about the theater setup later on. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, huh, I wonder mm-hmm. if we should face each other a little more. Mm-hmm. But never mind. That would disenchant it, probably. Well, it might for, enchant for, it one for some people. Yeah. So. Yeah, for some. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. One of the things I find that, to me, shows mm-hmm. God at work in our church mm-hmm. is how 
when we're doing the worship songs and the prayer confession and the thing that's going on in the sermon all tie together. Mm, yeah. And so I see yeah. that as more Holy Spirit work because yeah. we don't work really hard together to pull that off. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I see it happening lots. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think hmm. the Holy Spirit testifies within you to his presence and to his involvement. Um, so we have this real yeah, weird job of trying to call people to see mm-hmm. the invisible God at work. You know, Hebrews 11 Believing is there, and he rewards those who seek him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's an anti-flesh thing, and we've got flesh, you know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going out there with kind of like the wrong tools, and so we we proclaim God's word, and we try to draw people to see that. But I think there's always going to be a disconnect, you know. There's always going to be people that don't see it. Like Jesus would say, you know, eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, but how battle. and how good that is. I I do <laughs> I do watch more mature believers mm-hmm. uh, come with a posture of expectancy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. openness rather than cynicism and yeah. Um, I'm gonna you know I'm just gonna sit here and God you move me but I'm not moving yeah. you know instead of yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm gonna dive in and risk yeah, yeah so well yeah, and just to, and just to follow up fully. I mean, definitely art and beauty and all those feeling things often help me. But there's such a mystery to it because mm-hmm. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You know, so that's where I'm like, eh, it's mm. it's really me and the Holy Spirit. It's not it's not the art so much, you know. But um, but it can it can pave the way. I was talking to my daughter about this. This is again maybe another rabbit hole. But I have a compulsion to be creative. I was raised that way, and. I've had to tamp that down without like destroying it in my own personality. So as a preacher, I want to be creative. Um, and that's enchanting to artistic types and it's disgusting to non-artistic types. Mm. But I've had to say, okay, this is who I am and I'm going to do it whether people like it or not. But the goal is clarity and getting God's word out there in a way that people can understand. That's the goal. And so will I use my creativity, you know, like this compulsion I have and the way I'm built yeah, that'll be a part of the soup, but my creativity can't be the goal, you know. And so that's mm-hmm. like a thing I've struggled with that I think applies to any gift anybody has. You know, like mm-hmm. if your gift is being orderly, or if your gift is, you know, fixing things, or whatever your gift is, yeah, you're gonna use that gift. But the goal is is loving people and serving them. God's love, God's word, giving Him to people is the mm-hmm. goal, and then we use our gifts to set that table or put it mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And it's worth probably saying too, at the end of this little conversation mm-hmm. to take the pressure off, like because we are humans and because we're wrapped in feelings and because mm-hmm. we have good days and bad days mm-hmm. that grace exists outside of our feeling of, yes, of, of yes. the grace. Yeah, I think and that's so, what I was trying to say. Yeah. 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 yeah so. so that's, what's beautiful when it's, so when you're talking about a grace driven mm-hmm. church, we're not a feeling driven church. We're not mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. um, you know, miracle driven church in that sense of like this thing yeah. is keeping happening i keep seeing it but we are a grace continues grace mm-hmm. is the biggest miracle uh, this continued meeting together and beauty of mm. a people walking in a new direction together yeah is is this beautiful constant we do see mm-hmm. we just get used to it sometimes maybe yeah. even yeah well and when you have eyes to see grace then you can appreciate other people's gifts too and and kind of mm. see God at work in that other gift, you know, the whole one body, many parts, which again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Cool. No, Came back great. to that later in the sermon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's push forward then. The grace-driven mm-hmm. church 
is a church that insists on grace that I'll uh, change your tense. That, no, you're uh, not tense. You're, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It unifies around grace. I can't anything today. And it organizes <laughs> for more grace. So the grace-driven church insists on grace, mm-hmm. unifies around grace, and organizes for more grace. Yep. Um, anything about your points before we jump into them specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a logical progression thing. I think that it kind of develops the way the text moves forward. Arguably, the last point is more of a wrap-up to the whole book than to that section, but it's a pretty short book, so it works. Sweet. All right, first point, insist on grace, just from verse 8, but really looking back up to verse 3 through 7, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. um, uh, insisting on grace. Why should we insist on grace? Mm. What's uh, insistence mean? Yeah. At its root is to, <coughs> to speak forcefully and repetitively is kind of what it's getting at there with insist. You keep saying it, you keep doing it, you, you're firm, you're strong about it. Um, and so... You know, for us as an organization, it's like we don't we don't apologize for teaching on grace. We don't apologize for making Jesus and what He's done the root of everything that we should do. Mm. And we not only not apologize for it, but we continue to say this is this is what we're going to be about. We're going to organize and network everything around this, um, or unify and organize everything around it to follow the sermon outline. <laughs> but. <laughs> but We've got to keep insisting on it because I think, again, back to the flesh thing, our flesh says, my strength, my flesh, my expertise will produce good works. But Paul in this section of verse 8 is saying, insisting on grace is what produces good works and the beautiful life. Go back to the enchantment. The beauty and the enchantment we're all looking for and longing for only results from basing our lives on God's grace. And so he says, this is a trustworthy saying, insist on these things. And then you're like, what things? Well, then, you know, to go back to verses Mm -hmm. three through seven and say, these things, we were all fools, fools, (laughs) disobedient. And Jesus showed up and saved us because of his kindness, not because of how awesome we were, but because of Mm -hmm. his awesomeness, his goodness, his grace. So, Hmm. I'm trying to define that too. So grace, grace is a beautiful and huge word. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like linguistically there's a, there could be a little bit of pitfalls of, are you talking about graciousness or gracefulness mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the specific type and yeah. thing of grace? And uh, and you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to like unpack that a little bit. Like, mm. you know, the other terms we hear a lot are gospel-driven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a difference there? Is I mean, is it? That's a really good point. So, great academic book on the subject for the nerds out there. I've not read the whole thing, but I've read several reviews of it. It's called John Barclay's, or it's called The Gift by John Barclay. Hmm. and or paul and the gift it's the gift or paul and the gift and really what he nails down is that there are you know from his accounting six perfections of grace Hmm. and that part of the reason we often disagree about what grace is and how much grace did the jews at jesus's time understand versus what was the different kind of grace that paul and jesus were putting forth in the new testament well, there are kind of six different aspects of what makes grace grace. So that's pretty interesting. If you want to go Google Whoa. it, you could find summaries of his book. And, um, but I think in in this section, I would say there's the effectual, forgiving, righteousizing grace. We talk about justification, making righteous, righteousizing, righteousizing. Mm-hmm. So it's that word in Greek is 
depending on whether it's verb or noun, it's either you know righteousness or justify, but it's the same root. So that grace of Jesus saving us actually makes us righteous before God. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing it talks about is it makes us inheritors. So I guess that's kind of a future grace we're looking forward to. And then he's also talking about the kindness, the contextual kindness of God in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So those are probably three, again, you know, not like John Barclay's got the, like those are the only ways to look at grace. It's just helpful to, Cool. Sometimes when people catalog stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So, um, so maybe to summarize a little bit, we insist upon God-given righteousness, yeah, instead of self-earned righteousness. Yeah. So kind of what. Yeah. So that's that's, that's that, yeah. central. I think in other traditions they're going to focus on other perfections of grace. Hmm. I think God's graciousness towards us is the central thing, and there are multiple facets to it. So, different passages might pull out more um for us in our tribe it's hard to conceive of any of that functioning apart from the substitutionary atonement we see that as the center as the hub to the wheel so to speak we can acknowledge other facets but we see that as the hub of the wheel so christ taking our place yeah and and uh making himself as a uh replacement for mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. trying to say substitutionary atonement in a different yeah. way yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah. okay. yeah. so very creative of this. i was like uh, <laughs> uh click on the spot sometimes yes. <laughs> yeah so like he steps in he takes our sin he gives us his righteousness and that's so we talk a lot about the blood we talk a lot about the cross we see that as the the hinge point the center point of everything and we're going to define our other perfections of grace out of that mm. which i think is right and good this is our tribe i'm i'm i'm, I'm on board but also kind of have the awareness and the I'm, I'm trying to learn from these other tribes that don't start there, you know? They might mm, get there. They might yeah. acknowledge that, but they kind of start with some mm. other aspect of God's kindness towards us. And that's kind of confusing to me because I, I see the New Testament hammering home the blood, the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus as, as the center point. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. It's, like, hard to explain someone else's position because you don't really own it yourself. So I, I'm still trying to understand other what I would say are Christian traditions that don't make the cross as central as we do. Yeah, but so, so this passage, Titus three, mm-hmm. this section, insisting on grace, or yeah, insisting on grace would really mean to insist that it's not your own works, yeah, that it's what Christ did, yeah, um, and then uh, because of that, I guess your application then turns into insisting on grace also means doing good works though yeah uh, so yeah. it's kind of like this oh, kind of simultaneously yeah so Same i guess we insist on grace we do good works we insist on grace we do good works mm-hmm. yeah i guess I, I guess i'm just wondering if you could help make that connection or anyone could help make that connection mm-hmm. of christ saved us despite our works um now because we're saved and we have grace grace makes us do good works mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any help anyone, anyone? Well, it's a motivational issue, right? Mm-hmm. What what motivates us to do anything? Mm-hmm. It's either going to be our own appetite to try and prove who we are mm-hmm. that we do stuff, or it's going to be the overflow of God's love experienced by His grace, mm-hmm. and that causes us to do things to mimic Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I th- what I loved about this is looking back at it. You know, from some people look at this and go, "This is like a creed or a hymn that they actually mm. sang." It's mm. one of the most succinct, expansive hmm. 
a mm -hmm. few verses that says this is the gospel. This mm -hmm. is where grace came to us. Mm -hmm. And so you see in that those various elements of he appeared. Mm -hmm. His kindness and goodness appeared to us. And mm -hmm. that was through Christ Jesus. And, th and it did mm -hmm. this to us. So it spells it all out step by step. This mm -hmm. is what the grace consists of. Mm -hmm. So I really love that part of it. That's cool. All right, Chris, we got to work on that. Oh, no. Writing, so cool. setting the music, the embedded hymns, because there are several of those yeah. in the New Testament. People are like, this is a hymn, or this is a creed. You know, this is a yeah. thing they recited. It just has a like poetic set-apartness they often see there. That's good. Yeah. So my, my brain was trying to grapple with um, like a specific situation or a specific category. So say being a friend. Mm -hmm. what is the non-grace-driven version of that, oh, and what's the yeah. grace-driven version of that? Well, go ahead. No, it's just unfortunate. There's a study that's been done yeah. which sees that most friendships are for what you can get from the other person. Oh. And I would say a grace-driven friendship is not about that. Mm -hmm. It's about what you can give to the other person or what you can contribute to the relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and even maybe beyond that, sorry to tag on that, because you, you helped me learn that last week, was you're not even fragile and thinking, am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. You know, am I, am I really offering them great things as mm -hmm. a friend? Because we're going to fail at that, too. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Kurt, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's but, fine. That's, yeah. yeah. So you're just not as self-referential in general. Yeah. Like it's that whole, that, that little book we read together a few years ago was... Okay. Tim Keller's the the art of self-forgetfulness. Self yeah, yeah. Freedom, freedom of self-forgetfulness. Oh, freedom yeah. art. I think he it's has a different term for Yeah, for the sermon in the book. Yep. But self-forgetfulness, and yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to think about it. Because I'm right now preparing for the prayer series. I'm going to start with Matthew six, which mm -hmm. is the "Don't do your righteous deeds to be seen, but do it for the Father's delight." You know, this whole like secret piety or righteousness versus a uh, showy righteousness where we think we're achieving righteousness by being seen by people. And so that's, I mean, Jesus hit that hard. I think that that's what it doesn't look like is look at me. I'm praying and doing holy <laughs> things, you know. And Jesus is like, don't do that. That's gross. So. What it made me think of the bad version is, uh, have you ever seen Ralph Breaks the Internet? I don't even like that movie very much, mm, but it's like not. we. It was. It's a weird, creepy. Like <laughs> he's. It like the whole plot line is to these characters, and Ralph is one of them, and he's just this grasping. I must be around his best friend, kind of a thing, and he's like mm. smothering her. Mm. But it goes way out of any. I'm. I'm just like, what is happening here? Mm. Why is the culture even like? building this plot line for this movie mm -hmm. and it's just because it's such a it's such a temptation to have an idol of friendship and then mm -hmm. they're, they're noticing oh mm -hmm. yeah this can be this this uh life sucking thing instead of a life giving thing but but their answer is just oh just give people space yeah. <laughs> like that that's all as far as they can go yeah. and it's like it's like wow that's not Oh like gosh. enough of an answer, right? Is that Wreck It so, Ralph or is it a different Ralph? No, second one. So yeah, it's it's oh, it is the it's same even worse. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm, it's, that's it's, what I was wondering. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. Don't go see it. <laughs> but yeah, so so then talk mm. about what is the Bible saying? Like we already talked yeah. a little bit. So you're self forgetful, but what's the active thing? You're not. You feel so given to you want to give mm. to others. I think. Mm -hmm. mm. So in. Yeah. In service, you gave some what you call low-hanging fruit applications. Mm -hmm. 
You said, uh, put down your phone, interact with your friends, kids, or spouse, uh, mow your neighbor's lawn. You said, well, husband is deployed, but mow your neighbor's lawn. It doesn't matter if they're deployed or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clean your friend's house when they're sick. Coach some sports or serve in our children's ministry at our church. Any other applications for how you can uh, insist on grace in your family, culture, uh, your church, or your self-assessment, what it looks like to do good works because of grace? I don't know how clearly I said this, but I was trying to say, do this via telling yourself the grace story. You know, you do these things telling yourself the grace story instead of telling yourself, I got to do these things to be approved of by God. Mm-hmm. But you're insisting on grace. You're telling yourself that grace story, and you're, which is so. So, what does that free. look like while you're mowing somebody else's lawn? Mm-hmm. How would you tell yourself a grace story or the grace story? Uh, well, it's just go. You're going back to the three through seven. You're saying mm-hmm. this is what I used to be. Yeah. God came, changed yeah. me. I'm a different person. I have a new mm-hmm. identity, and I can mm-hmm. do this stuff because God loves me. Mm-hmm. He delights in me, and mm-hmm. I can do this for other people because yeah. I know I'm loved, whether I do it right or not. Yeah. We all at one time were a weed-infested lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the, the Lord man trimmed us. Yes, that's good. That's not going to be a song, though. Uh, <laughs> I, the one I thought of uh, was in the marriage relationship. Um, I was just thinking, like, say, doing the dishes, mm-hmm. and I think you hear that conversation so much. Of, uh, are you fifty fifty? Are you? Is she? You know, am I? I'm pulling all the way. I'm doing ninety percent of the work here in this relationship, mm. and you know, so there's that whole like bartering system that we can fall into. And even if you're just like, I'm still going to do the dishes and do all these, you know, ser- serving in this way, which you should, there's an attitude difference that's like, I've been given everything. It doesn't even matter if mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. really literally is a 90-10 relationship right now. I am loved by God. You know, right. it, it's a whole other person in the equation versus just these two humans fighting it out to see who's giving more or mm-hmm. something. Um, if that Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. For Maybe sure. that's not anyway. It yeah. just grosses me out when people do that in their the marriages. Dish, the dishes, people, married oh. people. <laughs> no, the whole like yeah balancing. Uh, and I've done it. I'm not saying sure. I do it perfectly, and you're terrible. I'm just saying, gosh, when you think about it, it's so crazy. It's so anti-gospel that we like want to measure and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, the, and maybe the more slightly more insidious one too. Mm-hmm. I think I felt and seen is. Then when you're you're the husband and wife, and this kids and it's like you've got kids and then you're just completely overwhelmed and you're like oh my gosh these kids are always trashing the house and you know it's just that same like attitude of I am a sufferer that has that you know this is all the weight that I must bear and carry these things instead of instead mm-hmm. of just a graciousness but there's an irony yeah. to the the helpful personality can often be the most <laughs> martyrish personality, yes. you know? Yeah. So I, I say that with the of full awareness of of me doing that in gross ways over my lifetime. Um, it's good. Yeah, but it's a weird irony. The, the, the person that's most others-directed often, you know, when you study personality, is also often... Well, kind of like you are saying about that character, like, ah, I need you to appreciate what I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like this weird, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a hard thing. Hmm. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. We're going to put you in a box. Stop it. Just stop it. That was a counseling training video reference I just made. Uh, Yes. uh, Your point number two, unify around grace from verses 9 through verse 11. Um, You talked a lot about unify and the opposite of unify being dividing. I'm done. My voice is gone. It's beautiful. Don't you, feel bad. We're here for you, Joey. Don't touch me, Micah. Sick. I hope you have hand sanitizer, though. <laughs> no, there's soap and water okay. and bag and hot water. It's better than hand sanitizer. Did you see the picture on the internet? Of, <laughs> did anybody see this? Oh there's a picture on the internet. There's a picture on the internet <laughs> of, of breads. Yeah, breads inside of Ziploc bags. One is touched and then put in the bag without washing hands or anything. One is touched and put in the bag after using hand sanitizer. Ooh. One is touched and put in the bag after using soap and water. Uh, I can't remember the other options, but mm. moral of the story is wash your hands with soap and water. That's mm. what false doctrine does to the church. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. It, it divides instead of unifies. Mm. All the bread can't be together anymore. <laughs> well, so, you know, I learned. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm sorry. That Why it's did the I do this? slipperiness <laughs> of the soap and water that helps to remove the germs better than like alcohol or hand sanitizer. I, I think it's probably the uh, there's like more soapiness. germ poison. That's what I'm saying. It's like no, it's, there's more germ poison than hand sanitizer, but it's like you're actually rubbing the junk off, and the water makes it like go the germs away. like slip. Ah. Because if like, you well, just I mean, put yeah, poison you on the germs, they're stuck just, there. They don't really go away. If you just kept the soap on your hands, I and rinse it off. Right. Yeah, not so much the slipperiness as the washing off. R- rinse. Well, I mean, that's part of the process. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to... Someone, so, someone Google this. You have, to take, you have to take I'm two bars you, of watcher, soap listener. and rub them together to clean each other <laughs> or else your soap won't be clean. Yeah. I'm trying to tie this to the... It's not. It's not at all. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Jim. You so, can do it. We're talking about getting rid of false teachers. Seems like I'm twice. never coming back. <laughs> I had to be here last week. I thought it would be fun this week. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Well, unifying around Garrett Gray. Unifying around I'm getting Grace. hot now. It is warm in here. Um... Division, heretic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This person is self-condemned. We're not condemning them. I'm just reading lines. He's reading until my notes. You start saying something. They're not what I actually say. Hard, prayerful line between straight up heretic. Brain. Come on, say something. <laughs> well, talk about your second point. You know, trying so to how do you apply out, this? Well, there's a difference <laughs> between what? your mm-hmm. you are trying to influence other people mm. versus ask doubting questions. Yeah. 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 And I think that's hard sometimes because mm-hmm. uh, people are, they may be convinced of something and it doesn't sound like they're doubting. Yeah. And yet they mm-hmm. still need to hear the truth, right? And, yeah. And not separating from them may be an opportunity to tell, tell them the truth. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard to figure out where, where's the line where you say, hey, this is, yeah. you can't do that here. Right. And that's tough. I think the extremes are easier to see. Yeah. The divisive or divisive person who is trying to carry people away from Jesus away, but for emphasis, I just said away. Those people, <laughs> I'm feeling crazy. He, he just loves the way he speaks. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I, like, weird I just love that we don't even know what you're saying anymore because we've <laughs> talked about your pronunciation so much. <laughs> so, so start at the beginning. The which is it? Is it divisive or divisive? I don't know what to say. Divisive is for snobs. Okay. I love I you, think snobs. Both are so yeah. Okay. They're both I think okay. Both are they're both okay. They're both okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It's like futile. Maybe futile. smart people. Okay. Autumn, let us know. 
All right. She's smart. So it, that the divider, the heretic in the text, it's the person that's causing division. It, when it's obvious, they're taking people away from Jesus on purpose, trying to take people to something mm. else. They mm. might even say, this is where it gets tricky, is they might even say, oh, Jesus is great, but, mm-hmm. and they're taking him away to this other thing. Mm-hmm. And that's more obvious. We're like, no, you can't stop. What I was trying to distinguish is, man, if you're, if you're not sure about Jesus, you're welcome here. Come, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. We want to have those ongoing discussions. We recognize people are in a process. We just don't want to allow <coughs> people to. I think Joey's making me sick now. Stop it. Uh, we don't want to allow an organizational framework that encourages doubters to start leading people away from Jesus. Yeah. You know, we're here to serve doubters and answer their mm-hmm. questions and help them see Jesus. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to encourage people taking people away from Jesus. And that's ultimately what a, a heretic is not someone who believes the wrong thing. A heretic is someone who believes the wrong thing and is trying to take people to that wrong thing. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to the beginning of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Where he talks about somebody who's preaching a false gospel. Yeah, yeah. And the goal is that you go to them to mm-hmm. bring them back, to unify them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To bring them back uh, into right doctrine and right mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, um so I don't know. I feel like it's it's really related to that. Yeah. It's kind of that was the beginning of the book. This is the end of the book. He's yeah. saying the Coming goal is unity. It. The mm-hmm. goal is coming together uh, under true gospel, under right doctrine, right mm-hmm. teaching, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, the one who divides it should be cut out. But the goal is come to them and bring them back mm-hmm. in, unite. Mm-hmm. I heard yeah, I heard someone say recently that maybe helpful too is like that there's really two categories of doubting there's mm-hmm. faithful doubting and faithless doubting or mm-hmm. i would say it more like faithful questioning and faithless questioning because yeah. we know we know we all are going to have doubts and questions but um there's a huge difference between i am living all of my life before the face of god and i know mm-hmm. he has the answers whether i understand yet or not mm-hmm. and i'm submitted to him and i'm trusting him and I still have these questions. That's faithful questioning or faithful doubting. You see that in the Psalms, right? David mm-hmm. saying, where are you? How long, O Lord? Why do you do this? Um, but then there's this other category of faithless doubting where um, where you've given up on God and you're just you're just walking around trying to tear things down and, and burn it to the ground. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's another thing I think of. Are you building things up with the way that you're questioning are you actually seeking a helpful answer for someone else in small group when you're saying asking these questions or are you literally just trying to shake up their faith and and make them you know make them not be sure of anything yeah so those are very different (laughs) yeah and in modern english doubt i think typically you guys tell me you're younger than i am i think typically is passive the way we think of doubt it's it's kind of like a wonderment Mm -hmm. whereas biblically like one of the most famous passages about doubting says don't doubt and that's in james one or two but that word is a kind of judgment word it's mm-hmm. a like that's wrong that's that's what it means there you're doubting you're actively doubting which is more like you know enlightenment critical doubt as a philosophical tool in your toolbox i'm going to start off assuming you're wrong you know mm-hmm. so that's different than whoa, whoa i'm wondering kind of doubting. yeah I have questions, and there mm-hmm. are no answers, so yeah. I'm going to sit at home with my potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> potato chips are nice. <laughs> well, any application for that? 
um, section on unity. How can we be more united? How can we avoid divisiveness? Divisiveness. I think that's right. Yeah, I was just really trying to press that that distinction between honor people that have questions and are wondering, but you know, beware. Sep- we separate from people who are trying to take you away from Jesus. Mm. So that was probably kind of a forty thousand feet type uh, application, but I think an important one. Can you give us some examples of people who've been divisive here by name, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, here's a funny story. I should have told this story. When I was teaching the college ministry at Temple Bible Church 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, it was kind of in the middle of a seminary break. It was like a little internship for the summer. Um, we had a young guy that really wanted to teach, and he didn't understand doctrine. And he, he asked me about it. We met together. He's like, I want to teach these things. I was like, no, that's not what we believe, but you're welcome to keep coming to the Bible study. Let's talk more. Um, and during one of our Bible studies, he said, he made a comment, you know, it was one of those kind of 30 people, but discussion thing where he was making a comment or other people were making comments. And he said, uh, I'd like to, could I come up front and use the board? I'd like to explain better what I'm saying. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> we already <laughs> talked about this. Like, mm. no. So it was really hard for me, but it was a good lesson for me early on because I'm very much a people pleaser and. Like, oh, no, this is going to be socially awkward. That's the worst thing ever. But, like, that's what I had to do. I was under command by Scripture. Like, this guy was trying to take people away and teach his weird stuff rather than be a participant with questions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, he left, never came back, wouldn't talk to me after that. Mm-hmm. He was done. Mm-hmm. He couldn't believe that I wouldn't let him stand up and teach and take over the, the mm-hmm. group. Um, so that was, I mean, it sounds extreme, but I, I think that stuff happens and we have to be on guard. I wanted to ask Jim, I know this is vague and just pull it out of your brain, but as a longtime small group leader, yeah, do you have helpful ways to to sift or to mm, redirect yeah, or, yeah. you know, I guess if someone, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, I've had instances come up where somebody gets off on some tangent that, you know, they want to prove, for example, that Israel wasn't in captivity 430 years, it was only 200 and something. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's great, but how does that help me grow in Christ? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even if you can prove that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, one of those opportunities to say, uh, this is what we care about. Mm-hmm. We want to grow in Christ. Yeah. We're not here to prove, disprove something that is a controversial issue in some circles. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, it's not mm-hmm. false teaching necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had questions come up in, in recent history where somebody's, taking us down a rabbit trail i'm like in the end what is this about mm. you know what's the point of this yes uh, yeah so and i think yeah yeah there's ways to to redirect uh, i don't have any more great examples off the top of my head but sure <laughs> i think oh, man i have so many ideas about this we, should, we might just leave it here that's probably enough cool yeah i think i think the answer is you point them to jesus right which yeah. you talked about in your sermon <laughs> yeah was yeah was that the whole point of the Old Testament, the whole point yeah. of of Scripture is mm-hmm. pointing to Jesus and looking to Jesus as mm-hmm. the center, the pinnacle of the gospel mm-hmm. message, of mm-hmm. the story of the Bible. So mm-hmm. I think I think that is a good method that I've used in small groups, etc., is like, but does this point to Jesus? And if so, how? Like, let's look at that. Let's dig into uh, it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that can apply, since we're not all small group leaders, that can apply to just 
conversations with friends even because mm-hmm. i think or that's where just I was. how you read scripture right how mm-hmm. you're interpreting scripture mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah and, and yeah yourself studying. you know, preaching to yourself i mm-hmm. i guess i just i know a lot of people who have a hard time knowing what the hills to die on are and what are not mm-hmm. and 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 i think our culture struggles with that too of like yeah uh, you know who did you vote for and now i can't talk to you mm-hmm. um but i think that yeah that's helpful it's just like <laughs> Can we really get over the things that are just like this? Is not can can we can we line up and walk together if we're both running towards Jesus and willing mm-hmm. to do that? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, maybe there are going to be some some relationships that that devolve, dissolve because the person doesn't want to know Jesus more. Yeah. They just want to argue about things that don't help you know Jesus Which more. Maybe I didn't get into this. Yeah. I probably should have. Um. This is. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but that's why we make a pretty hard break with non-trinitarian uh. groups. Hmm. We we would c- consider non-trinitarian you know worshipers of Jesus to be wrong and to be heretical and to be divisive 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 uh because it's taking away from the glory of Jesus, hmm. you know. Hmm. Um, and so that can be a tricky one because there's a kind of laziness in modern Christianity that's like confusing doctrines aren't worth my time, you know? <laughs> and, mm, and the Trinity yeah. is a hard doctrine. It's a tough, yeah. confusing one. But if you read the New Testament and study it in context, you'll come to agree with the Trinity. That's what the early church did. And those of us who have continued to study have said, yeah, the early church was right. This is important. This is central to who Jesus is, the person of Christ, the Godhead. Uh, so I think that's just a good connection. That Bringing it back to Jesus is actually why we care so much about the Trinity. Uh, and that's a, just, for, just for folks out there who are like, that seems like secondary or a less important doctrine. We actually say it's a really important doctrine. Mm. Cool. Um, That's modalism, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, point three, organize for more grace. Um, mm-hmm. Verses uh, 12 through 15, kind of, I guess, really the summary and ending of the whole mm-hmm. book of mm-hmm. Titus and this whole sermon series. So I guess we can use it to sum up, in general, the whole sermon series, if you want to. It's mm-hmm. kind of what you did. Uh, I, I, I mean, I really can't give you much from this other than... Uh, you talked about someone you can ask for advice, someone you can mm-hmm. labor beside, and someone who you can encourage or mentor. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talk about that, I feel like, a lot, but maybe I'm wrong. But like the three levels of mm-hmm. relationships you should have with other believers, mm-hmm. a mentor. Yeah, I think a com- it's a simple, uh, I think it's something we hear about in Christianity a lot. I don't know that I've talked about it that much, but I just think it's I a simple like way. Do. Am do I wrong? Okay. Um, I don't know. I forget what I've talked about with who and when. Um, but I think it's a really clear, simple way to organize your relationships and um, say, am I, am I spending relational energy in these three areas? Yeah. Or do all I do is just run with my buddies? Or is all I do giving, pouring out to people that need to be trained up? Um, or do I only learn from people but i don't do these other things you know so i think there's a helpful balance there of just ongoing discipleship can look like those three kinds of relationships 
Yeah, let's see that in Paul too. So. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think I was I was pondering that because mm-hmm. I think I, it's easy for me as a pastor to have mostly like work related relationships that feel like they need something for me or or you know something like that. But I th- I think there's a, there's probably a this dual thing. So either people are just just have friends to have fun and mm-hmm. have no. Uh, growing together encouraging each other thing it's like we literally just hang out and and (laughs) don't become better people because of it we just but that's great we have fun or or there's people who slip into just these are all all businessy relationships Mm -hmm. and it's it's all mercenary and um and i just think for me i was i was encouraged to try to mingle the two and i think even um when you were talking about that like uh for older for older men i feel like when we talking about this discipling relationship and this mentoring relationship, there's not, we don't often say teach him how to fix a car and mm-hmm. talk about Jesus a little bit while mm-hmm. you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally okay to, mm-hmm. to teach a skill or, you know, mm-hmm. to like apprentice and mingle. So you, you're to mingling do like, life, right? yeah, like, like, yeah. like, or, or just, or have fun and, and sprinkle in stuff, but don't, you yeah. know, don't just slip all the way over into one ditch or the other of mm-hmm. all we do is fun or all we do is accomplish win. things. <laughs> all we do is win. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that lines up with what you're saying a little, Maybe. but like, I really yeah. would like don't more 70 year old men to take me to movies and to ballparks, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I want fun. more 70 year old men in our youth ministry <laughs> also. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe I said that or confusingly winning. where it's like, yeah, I think, I think there's a, at least in my head, there's this purest vision of, yeah. if I am mentoring someone, we will sit down and read the Bible yeah, for yeah. all 60 minutes mm, of the yep. lunch break, period yeah. instead of have fun and, and teach them stuff and yeah. do what you enjoy and do yeah. hobbies too. Yeah. And, no, I think, one of the I things think I thought of when you were talking about this was the idea of generational humility because mm. mm. us old folks shouldn't think we got it all figured out because we don't. Mm. And so I think this interaction with other generations is really mm. valuable to us mm. so that we can hear from people what's going on, what they're thinking, yeah. what they have to deal with, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not us just imparting everything we know because we're still learning mm-hmm. and we're being corrected and mm-hmm. God's at work in our lives. So some a lot of times things that I hear are saying, oh, yeah, I have to be reminded of that. And a young person can remind me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really think it's important that we don't stratify ourselves into the old people are in this section doing their yeah. thing together and the young people mm-hmm. are over here. I think we ought to have this whole mixture yeah. going on. Yeah, you can learn from the people you are mentoring. Mm-hmm. Is another way I would say that. Yeah, big time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's part of part two the the grace drivenness of it. I mm-hmm. think is like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. How do I say this? I I don't just have to offer what I have to offer of myself. I was thinking like, okay, a seventy year old diving into the youth ministry. That's terrifying, probably for most <laughs> seventy-year-olds. It's kind of terrifying for me a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. it's like, but it what you have so to offer, good. it'd be so amazing, yeah. yeah. Be, and because what's what's at play there? What you have to offer is not just your coolness and your hipness and your attractive, like, ability to quote memes. Mm-hmm. It's something else that Jesus has given you, right? Like, and you yeah. do have value, and you do have a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just I, I think that to me that unlocked a little bit of just like, 
okay, so I can I can have an extra amount of confidence that God has given me something to do here, mm-hmm. and I can offer it even if I'm not, you know, whatever, not yeah. sure what, yeah, what the latest TikTok phase is. I don't know what, yeah. Goodness. yeah. I'm 32, and I don't know what it is. So, um, I couldn't even come uh, up with an example. But, but I would say, <laughs> I would say it goes back to, um, I guess, really the idea, well, of grace, right? It's still mm-hmm. in that section, but the idea that you talked about of not driving versus driving, literally, metaphorically, mm-hmm. right? It's the idea that if I can trust in God, if I can trust in His organization mm-hmm. and His organizational ability, then I don't have to worry mm. and I don't have to strive or uh, yeah. man there's songs going off in my head I'm gonna <laughs> leave them be um, <laughs> but you know you don't have to do the work Jesus is driving he saved us mm-hmm. um, and I think that was a great I don't know metaphor or analogy or whatever mm. that would be mm. simile or whatever to be able to look at it and say it's not my work, so let me just stop right there mm. and say it's it's his work and he's organizing. Mm-hmm. And so I can, you know, be a, I'm going to lower the bar a little bit, I can be a 45-year-old and be in youth ministry, or I can be mm-hmm. a 56-year-old young grandma and be mm-hmm. in youth ministry. I'm calling mm-hmm. some of you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, trying to flip, flip it too, right? I can be a 20-year-old that gives a sermon like sure that's mm-hmm. terrifying too like uh, yeah pre- mm-hmm. preaching t- they I mean, won't let you but sure yeah 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 <laughs> just but, or i don't know you know share with us yeah, yeah. the sunday school class How about this yeah. you can be a 15 year old and lead the worship team on sunday hey yeah. Yeah. shout out yeah, yeah. yeah. 16 awesome. i'm sorry he's 16 he drives now yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I, drive. I guess maybe he drives illegally maybe he's 15 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tractor maybe, though he maybe drives from arkansas it's a truck <laughs> He drives legally. He's 16. Okay, he's 16. <laughs> well, any other thoughts on organizing for more grace? I think that really does sum it up, though, is mm. that it, it's the whole idea of this grace is where you can put your faith and where you can put your trust in. That helps you mm-hmm. um, to insist on that grace, to unify around it, to organize it. I think some of the practical things Dave was talking about, about mm-hmm. having your finances in order, because you can't mm-hmm. be generous if it's all used up mm-hmm. and uh, and just thinking about what do i do with my money what do i do with the stuff god has given me mm-hmm. how am i using that uh, mm-hmm. in a way that would help other people or further the gospel and then we started mm-hmm. talking about some of the things that we do as a church you know supporting missionaries praying mm-hmm. for missionaries is mm-hmm. one of the examples of mm-hmm. how you can organize in a way yeah. to further the gospel and grace mm-hmm. and uh, talk Talked about the Jordan trip, Joey, for people who aren't interested in doing things that would, you know, uh, there would be a place where they can go, not just to serve, but to learn, because then Mm -hmm. they get a picture for what's going on in the world, Mm -hmm. and how can can this be a part of my life? Yeah, the Jordan trip is is a really cool trip, because we're going and we're serving missionaries. That's kind of the main Mm -hmm. goal there, is there are a lot of missionaries getting gathered together, and we're taking care of them and taking care of their kids so that they can be in a conference and study tactics and and refresh on their mission and, and uh, their operation plans and stuff. So it's all these people from all over Middle East and Far East coming together, and we're serving them. So it's a different kind of trip, mm-hmm. but, man, it's really good to get to see mm-hmm. the church universal, like we talked about this mm-hmm. week, doing work together and focusing on moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
Any other last thoughts? I have one last thought, if nobody else has one. Mm-hmm. Whenever we were talking about this section being a... Uh, you, you said it's kind of like a hymn. Mm-hmm. This, the I guess verse 3 through 7, is mm-hmm. that the one? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a hymn. I was going to say... It might more have been kind of like a catechism would be the right word we would use mm-hmm. for it, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like a, f- a phrase or a, a sentence that helps us remember what we believe and mm-hmm. and why we believe it and where we could find that mm-hmm. uh, and base that doctrinally, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to recommend New City Catechism, mm-hmm. which is a really good catechism, and it's an app on uh, iPhone and Android and whatever mm-hmm. those stores are called. Mm-hmm. Uh it's called New City Catechism. You can look it up, and uh, it has catechisms for adults and kids that, that align together. So there's a shorter, basically a shorter and a longer. And then the, the coolest part that we use mostly right now mm-hmm. is that there's songs that go with all the shorter ones. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can play them in your house. Your kids can sing them, and it helps them memorize. Right? I mean, last night we were mm-hmm. singing, How Can We Glorify mm-hmm. God? And it's like by loving him, yeah, yeah. obeying his That's commands awesome. yeah. and laws. Good. Right, they help it get stuck, mm-hmm. stuck mm-hmm. in your head, stuck in your kid's head, mm-hmm. and it's scripturally based, accurate, doctrinally uh, things you can do. So that's called New City Catechism. I recommend it. Cool. Uh, it's a way that you can help memorize what Scripture teaches, and even some of it's just straight Scripture. But yeah, that made me think of too just a, a general practice that I've heard of, and I want to do more is it's kind of the fighter versus it's been called like having these here's the thing i struggle with and i'm going to actually take the time to find a verse and memorize that i think Mm -hmm. you can do that with songs too is have this these are the handful of things that throughout the week i wrestle with Mm -hmm. and i'm going to have a verse or a song to memorize um Mm -hmm. because we just don't memorize things anymore i was realizing that like Mm -hmm. we we're spoon-fed at all and uh but really just taking that little step of, of getting that plan in order of these are the things that will help me mm-hmm. stay focused on grace throughout the week um, can be a big deal. And again, a way to do that in song is Seeds Family Worship, right? They take yeah. scripture exactly and yep. and turn it into song, and, and we use it in our nursery and our children's ministry for our kids. But, man, it, it works for us, too. Uh, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, a seed song, but I can't. Um, we also Still. used those in Jordan, but... Yeah, yeah. Psalm sixty three yeah. is one we've sung in church, right? Oh gosh, yeah, I think so. It's been a while. Oh, I remember. I can't remember. Yeah, the words. yeah that's I just remember the, uh, we did the seeds version of Psalm sixty three. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. one now. Go and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a good one. Anyways, <laughs> I am not doing it justice. <laughs> I liked it's it. Much better than that. It's much better. Much better than that. That's awesome. Well, any last things? We're gonna sign off pretty soon here. We're at one hour, two minutes and fifteen seconds. Boom. It's because Jim talks so much. I know, Jim. <laughs> Can't well, help it. Dun, 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 dun. I do appreciate you being here, Jim. Thanks yeah. for coming. Yes. We appreciate you listeners and viewers. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's been Sunday Recap, which is a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast. For more podcasts, uh, to submit questions or comments, do that. Go to begrace.org slash podcast. Click on the Singular bell. Singular or plural? Does plural Singular. work too? Singular. Click on the bell, the Be thumb, Grace. the flaming lips, oh, all gosh. those things. Click on them. Back. And the frog. And the frog. Uh, <laughs> and the golden calf. Uh, <laughs> oh, if you want more information about Grace Bible calf. Church, visit begrace.org. Mm-hmm.